Welcome to the Five for Two podcast with me, your host Adele, where we say no to careers where you're trading five days of misery for two days of fun. A place we discuss all things career, confidence and money moves. I want to motivate, teach and empower ambitious women to achieve more, earn more, feel more confident and enjoy the work they do. It's all about believing you can have everything you want in your career and then going and getting it. So if you're ready, let's get into it. Hi, we're back guys. And the interview series is in full effect. We are fully underway. And today we're doing part two. If you didn't listen to part one, go back and listen to it. Today we're talking about negotiating more than money. I'm not going to talk about just negotiating money. I'm not even going to talk about negotiating money today because I've done that before. And if you want to know more about how to negotiate money, go back to one of my previous episodes in December when I did the money series and I did a whole episode on negotiating. But today I want to talk about negotiating more than money and also rejection. Because if you're attending interviews, at some point it's going to happen. Like you're going to get a rejection. You're going to hear what you don't want to hear. And there's a couple reasons why it happens. Sometimes it can be prevented and sometimes it can't. So I'm going to talk you through it. But let's start off with negotiating more than money. Because a lot of you, all you think about is, ah, I hate talking about money. So that's why I don't negotiate. Babes, there's so much more than just money. So before we get into negotiating more than money, before you negotiate full stop, make sure you have killed your interview. Not just your interview, but every interaction that you've had. From the first call to the first interview to the second interview, make sure you are killing it. You are smashing your interviews and knocking it out the park. Because a lot of you are trying to negotiate up front. These people don't know you. They don't know the value you bring. They don't know what you have to offer. You've not even had a conversation to show off your expertise and you're trying to negotiate. I'm telling you that puts companies off when you're trying to negotiate and you're saying, right, well, will I be able to get this, this and this before you've even told them what you're going to give them? People are selfish. I know you're thinking about yourself and you should be. But remember, just like you're thinking about yourself, the company for sure is thinking about themselves. You're going to need to tell them what value you're going to bring how you're going to make their company better, what results you're going to deliver once you get the job before (laughs) you start telling them what you want in return. And be very clear, there is nothing wrong with letting them know what you want in return. You're supposed to, because why are you going to take a job and not have everything that you want in there? But make sure you're giving them something upfront. And that's just full honesty. Like you need to give something up front. I've interviewed people before. And at the beginning of the interview, before we've even gone anywhere, they're asking me about salary and paying for qualifications and all this other stuff. And I'm like, wait, I don't even know if you're good. And the thing is, if you start the interview like that, I'm now waiting for you. Like, cause now I'm waiting for you to not even be able to back it up. So now you're going to have to doubly back it up when you interview. You're going to have to be even more amazing than you would have maybe needed to be if you hadn't started the interview off like that. So that's just my two cents. Listen, give value first, then tell them how much it's going to cost for them to have you in the building and for you to deliver the value that you've just told them that you're able to deliver. And then stop thinking in terms of just money. Money's great. Of course it is. Who don't want more money? But there are so many things you can negotiate. One of my favorite things to negotiate is annual leave. I will negotiate the most annual leave I can get out of any company because I like to travel. 
I like to go to a lot of places and who doesn't enjoy getting paid for not being at work? The more I can do that, the better. Salaries are great, of course, but you're paying me to work. But when you're paying me to not work, oh, that feels good. So the more of that I can get, the better. So sometimes people will say to me, oh, I didn't get the salary I wanted. And I'll say, okay, so what else did you negotiate? And they're like, what do you mean? You didn't get the So why you didn't talk to them about something else? Okay, I know you can't meet me on my salary, but what about some additional annual leave? I was looking for this many days. In the UK, we get like 28 days standard if you work full time. That's not enough for me. I'm going to need like 38, 40 if possible. I used to be a teacher, maybe it's that. So I used to get the school holidays off. So you get a lot of holidays, but I hated being off just in the school holidays because you can't choose. So I like that in a normal nine to five, you can pick and choose, but I'm gonna need more than 28 days. (laughs) I got places to go, things to see. I love travel. Have you thought of your lifestyle? And this is the thing. I spoke like a few episodes ago about career identity. When you're building your career identity, you need to connect it to your goals. Like, what do you want? Like, I know one of my biggest goals is being able to travel continuously for like as long as I can and as long as I enjoy it. So my job has to fit in with that. And I enjoy work. So it's not that I don't enjoy going to work. I do actually enjoy going to work, but my job also has to fit in with the fact that I also like not being at work. Like it's both. I like that sometimes I can take like a whole three weeks or a month off. Like last year I was off for a whole month. The year before, I think I was off for a month. Earlier that same year, I was off for like three weeks. Like just having enough annual leave that I can take the time out and not feel rushed. And I can go away if I want and then come back and chill. So have you connected the things you're going to negotiate with your end goal? Other things that you guys can negotiate. Mobile phone. I remember negotiating the most up-to-date iPhone in one of the companies that I worked for. They said I was going to need to answer calls and stuff out of hours. Okay, I'm going to need to do it with a phone. And on top of that, I negotiated that I could use the phone for personal calls, just not overseas calls, which was great. Do you know what that meant? I cut the contract, my normal contract. Why am I paying for a contract when my work's paying for me to have a phone? So my work phone became my personal phone. And I know a lot of you are probably thinking, oh, you don't want to mix business and pleasure. I don't care. It's a free phone. You lot are playing the line rental. I can use it. So that's what I did. I still had a personal phone, but I just reduced the contract. So I was basically paying next to nothing for my personal phone because work was paying for my phone. Company cars. A lot of my friends have negotiated company cars. I never negotiated a company car, but what I did do, because obviously you guys know, I'm not really talking about money in this episode, but it's going to come up, isn't it? Let's be real. I negotiated, I said to them, instead of a company car, can I get bonuses, like quarterly bonuses? Can I just get the money basically? And they were kind of like, oh, no one's ever asked that. And I was like, well, I just would prefer the money. Guess what I went and did with that money? I saved it, bought my own car. So when I left the company, I didn't have to return their company car because I had my own nice fancy car. So that's another thing you can negotiate. Qualifications. You guys know, I've proven it. I believe it. I know that it's possible. You can change industry, make a lot of money. You don't need to have qualifications. But sometimes you want a qualification. Sometimes you've changed the industry. You've worked your way up. You're, you're already at the top level, but you still want the qualification. That's also okay. Get the company to pay for the qualification. It's not always that easy to negotiate this straight after interview, but definitely once you've been there for a little while and you've proved that you've backed up everything that you said you would do in the interview, negotiate qualifications. Negotiate promotions and like whatever progression you want and the timeframes in advance. Did you know that after interview, when you're negotiating your contract, you can say, what are the performance indicators that you need to see for me to get promoted to senior manager or team leader or whatever the next role is above yours? When they tell you these are the indicators, then you can say to them, so if I deliver this in the next 12 weeks, 
can we agree a promotion and a pay rise? Can you put it in my contract? Never take people's words for anything. People talk a lot of good game, put it in the contract. Hybrid, remote working. Guys, I'm just reeling these off because there are so many things that you can negotiate that have nothing to do with money. How do you see your life? Do you want to be working from home? Do you prefer working from home? And I don't mean, do you prefer being at home? Because a lot of people will say, oh, I prefer being at home. Yeah, we all do. But do you actually get your work done? If you're not getting your work done, it doesn't matter what you prefer. (laughs) You need to be in an environment where you actually are delivering your work. Otherwise, you're just going to lose your job. So do you prefer working at home? Are you good at working at home? Can you still deliver the same results from your house? Okay, cool. Then maybe negotiate remote or hybrid working. Someone I know very recently she got a brand new job and it's quite far from her house, but she really wanted this job. Everything about it, she loved. They said you have to be in the office three days a week and then two days from home. This girl, after interview, after doing two interviews, she convinced them they loved her so much. She's only going into the office once every two weeks. From three days a week to once every two weeks. And she even said to me, that's about to be once a month. Because she delivered value at her interview. She showed off everything she had, everything she brought to the table. She backed it up with evidence, with proof. She was confident. And we're going to talk about this in the next episode. But she was super confident. And then she was able to negotiate the hybrid working, which is basically remote working. She's working from home, basically. You can also negotiate your hours. One of my biggest beliefs is that the amount of time you're in the building has no reflection on the results you deliver. Someone could pay me to be at work for eight hours for the day and I could get all the work done in four hours. And then the rest of the time I'm just doing nonsense or getting started on the next day's work or something else. I'm always the person that's like, oh, I'm finished. Is there anything else you need me to do? If you look at what you do, you deliver a result. Like they need you to get something done, whether it's sales that you're in, whether you're in administration, whether you're a team leader, they need stuff to get done. It doesn't matter how many hours you're in the building as long as you can commit to getting it done. I went from working 40 hours a week to working three days a week on the same money. I didn't lose any money because I said to them, I'm still going to deliver the same result. And if I don't, I'll go back to 40 hours. And see, that's how you negotiate, guys. Give your companies alternatives. Say, if I can't do this thing, then I'll go back to this. Also, company shares. And that is, I know that's related to money, but it's not related to your salary. Are you not negotiating company shares and bonuses? That's a thing. You can say to your company, I want shares. I'm helping you grow your company. Why shouldn't I be able to get shares that pay dividends? Remember, you're bringing something to the table. So it's literally okay. It's almost expected that you ask for something in return. But look at your overall goals. What do you want in life? When I decided I wanted the money instead of the company car, that's because I knew I wanted the car. But I just didn't want to have to give back the car when I left the job. So I took the money instead so I could buy my own car. I'm looking at my long-term goals. I reduced my mobile phone bill by convincing a company to give me a contract and letting me use that contract as my personal phone. If I have to answer calls outside of hours, it means that I'm going to have to keep an eye on my work phone. If I've got to keep an eye on my work phone, I can't keep an eye on my work phone and my personal phone. So that's why I negotiated. The most someone can say to you is no. Ask the question and back it up. Have a reason why you're negotiating those things. But yeah, I just gave you a list of things that you can negotiate, annual leave, mobile phone, company car, qualifications, company shares, hours, promotions and progression, remote and hybrid working. Go for it, girl. It's not always just about money. There are other things you can negotiate, especially if you don't get the exact salary you want, make sure you get something else negotiated into that contract if you definitely want to take the role. 
So now let's move on to rejections because let's be honest, there's no way I can do an interview series and not talk about rejection. It happens, happens to the best of us. It's happened to me, it's happened to my clients, it's happened to everyone I know. Everyone's got rejected at some point. First, I want to say someone's got to get rejected. And I know it doesn't feel good, but it's the truth. You're probably not the only person that got rejected. If 20 people went for interview, only one person gets the job. So 19 people got rejected. So I want you to look at it like that and stop taking it so personally. If 100 people went for the job, 99 people got rejected. So if you're in that 99, listen, it's not personal. Sometimes you're really not a good fit. Other times you just didn't do a good interview. And that's the truth. Sometimes your interview answers weren't as good as they could have been. You didn't show them that you're going to be able to do the job well. You didn't convince them that you're going to be able to do the job well. Other times you just might not be a good team fit. They're thinking of you and they're thinking of their team and they're like, they're not going to gel together. So you didn't get the job. And other times God just has something better in store for you. And that's not your job. Your job is coming. So I just wanted to start there because a lot of us, we take it personally. If we've had two, three, four rejections, we really take it personally. You guys have heard the story. I've told it before of one of my really close friends. We've been friends since we were 14 years old. She had her kids, had been out of work for a couple of years, wanted to get into a new industry. She was interviewing after interview after interview. She did about nine interviews and got about nine rejections. And on her 10th interview, she just decided when they said to her, why should we give you the job when you've got no experience and you haven't worked in a couple, a few years? She said, because if you don't give me the job, someone else is going to because I'm about to be amazing. That confidence got her the job offer on the spot. So sometimes it's not the experience, not the qualifications. It's your level of confidence. It's the energy that you are giving them at the interview. And that leads me to why sometimes you get rejected. Sometimes rejection is nothing more than your energy. You showed up to interview and you already thought, oh, I'm not that good. I'm not as good as everyone else. I don't really have that much experience or I don't have much experience. Oh, I'll just go in anyway. You forgot that they looked at your CV and shortlisted you. So you're already halfway there. You forgot that they're taking time out to see you, which means they see something in you that could help them. Otherwise, they wouldn't have booked the interview. You went in there dismissing yourself, which in turn makes them dismiss you. Because people are like mirrors. They reflect our energy back to us. If you're in a bad mood, no one wants to deal with you, right? When people realize you're in a bad mood, they don't want to deal with you. Or they give you back the same attitude you're giving them. People are a mirror. If you've turned up an interview and you don't believe in yourself and then you get a rejection, that's why. They just confirmed what you told them. Your energy said to them, I'm telling you I can do this, but I'm lying. Like, I I don't think I'm good enough. I don't think I can do this. I'm worried I won't be good enough. I'm worried I can't back up all the things I'm saying. And they said, oh, okay, we agree. We believe you. We believe you when you are giving off the energy that you can't do this. So we mirror it back to you and say, oh, I agree. We're not going to give you the job. So check your energy. Are you showing up as your best self? Are you like, this is who I am. This is what I'm bringing to the table. Let me go in here and tell these people why I'll be a great fit for their company and why they should hire me. Or are you showing up from a place of, oh my gosh, I don't even know how I got this interview and I'm probably not going to get the job. It's okay to be like, oh my God, I don't know how I booked this interview. Listen, I surprise myself sometimes. I'll be like, rah, these people want to see me, this salary, this job title, let's go. But I still show up there knowing that I have something good to offer. I might not be able to do all those things on the job description, but I definitely have something good to offer. And I'm worth someone giving a chance to. And that's what you need to ask yourself. Are you worth someone giving a chance to? Are you willing to put in the work if you get the job to be as good as you say you are? If the answer to those questions is yes, then show up with some power, but do not show up 
telling yourself you're not good enough and expect them to see that you're good enough because they will feel what you're giving them. You're saying I'm not good enough. They're going to say, oh, okay, then we agree. We won't offer you the job. We'll offer it to the other person. How often do people go for jobs and then the most experienced person doesn't get the job? And sometimes the only reason for that is they weren't able to communicate their value because they didn't show up in their power. They didn't show up in their confidence. They hadn't established their career identity. So they weren't able to sell themselves because they weren't backing themselves. They weren't behind everything they bring to the table. So when you think of rejection, is it something that you gave off when you went in there? Is it that you didn't believe in yourself? Were you overly confident? That's happened to me before too. I went into an interview. I was so cocky. I knew I was getting the job. And then I couldn't answer some of the questions. I fumbled. I was unsure of myself. And I literally went in there with the biggest head in the world. My ego was so inflated. My bubble was burst. And I obviously didn't get the job. That also happens. So sometimes you can be overly confident. There's a thin line between confident and cocky. Don't go into interviews arrogant and cocky because that can also work against you because you don't prepare. You don't do what you need to do before you show up for interview. I know rejections suck, but I want you to remember that for every no, your yes is coming. For every no, you could have been saved from an awful boss, an awful team. You don't know what was behind that no. Sometimes they hired internally. They never had any intention of hiring from outside. They literally had no intentions of hiring someone from outside, but they thought they'd do some external interviews to see how external candidates compare to their internal staff. And then they were like, oh no, we're going to go with our internal. They always knew they were going to go with internal staff, but they were just checking. It's like sense checking something, just double checking and making sure that they've got the best talent internally. Also, they only advertised externally because legally they had to when they already knew they were going to hire internally. So remember, there are so many reasons behind a rejection. If you're getting a lot of rejections, go back to the drawing board and look at, is it you? And could you shop more confidently? Could you have had better answers? Or is it just one of those things and you need to keep moving and keep interviewing until you land your job? Getting rejections doesn't mean, oh, let me stay at the crappy job I'm already at because these rejections obviously mean that I'm no good. Rejections don't mean anything about you other than could I have changed up my energy? Could I have answered the questions better? If the answer's no, then it just wasn't my job. They don't mean anything about you as a person. Doesn't mean you're bad at your job. Doesn't mean you're, doesn't mean anything. Interviews are a snapshot. They don't even see you work. They're just basing it on how you communicate what you're going to bring to them. Stronger the communication, the more confidence behind the communication, the easier it is to get offers, but it's still not guaranteed. So like I said, remember the next time you get a rejection, if 20 people went for interview, 19 people got rejected. It's not personal. It happens. And also check your energy. How are you showing up? Could that be causing the rejections that you're receiving? I'm loving this interview series, guys. Next week is going to be the last part, part three. So make sure you tune in because I'm going to be talking about all things interview confidence. Remember, if you are trying to change career, my career program, Create Your Own Lane, that's why we, we do all of that. We Interviews is just a portion of that because interviews is such a small part of it. We work on your career identity. We work on how you communicate. We work on your confidence. We work on everything so that you have long-term skills to be able to create the career you want. Not just now in this moment, but for future so that you can build a life you want outside of your career. Because remember, life is not your career. That's why we call this podcast five for two because we are not trading five days of misery just so we can get the weekend and have two days of fun. That is not our life. So if you're ready to create your own lane, reach out and yeah, see you at the next episode. 
I hope this episode gave you exactly what you needed and motivated you to confidently take steps towards your next career move. If you enjoyed it, screenshot and share it on your socials, tag me on Instagram and come join my community of amazing women working on levelling up their confidence and career. Thanks for listening and see you next time.